Today, all over the world, there are thousands of Sino-Soviet intelligence agents with money to burn, looking for unsuspecting targets for exploitation among members of our forces. So, um, okay. all, all our hearts, I'm recording now, by the way, um, okay. all our hearts go out to the people in Chile. We know they struggle with this every year. Um, you know, the sinkholes that just keep popping up in Chile. The, so, you know, yesterday was sinkhole de Mayo and, you know, our hearts go out to the, uh-huh. the Chileans who've lost their lives over the years. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I should have just, you know, I should have just stole that. <laughs> you know, I, I have to admit, I was not expecting that opener. Um, it reminds me a bit of when Nick Mullins started off an episode of, of Come Town by saying Bill Maher, the N-word guy, and just saying the word. <laughs> well, cool. I, I didn't actually I I don't think it's, say yeah. that. I mean, yeah, you said, I mean, um, you did an interesting thing, Josh, where you said the N-word a bunch right before you hit record and then you hit record. So that was a bit of a primer for all of us. Oh, okay. Um, so you're reacting to yeah. what was said before the pod. Yeah. So we we got stunned because Josh was just hard, just hard hours dropping over and over and over again. E- even when like we couldn't get a word in ed- edgewise, me and Matt were like, whoa, like what's going on? And you were just like, boom, boom, boom. And then you opened up with that. And uh, uh, obviously it, it worked, you know. Yeah. Well, um, you know, what can I say? You're an expert of your craft. Yeah, I was going to say. I think you've said enough, Josh. I think you've. <laughs> I think you've hurt the African American community enough for one mm-hmm. lifetime. Speaking of hurting the African American community, the the menthols are gone, guys. I'm not even joking. Though. No, one hundred percent. Fucking, fucking. Uh, that's what I was. I was telling a, a coworker. I said Biden has done more fucking harm to the African American community. You know, in his like first term as president, then fucking Trump did his entire stint in the office. Like, <laughs> like banning new, like, what will happen if you ban fucking Newports, dude? Like, Newports are the only thing that's keeping the African American community afloat right now. Um, it is funny because uh, I was just listening to to Come Town on the way over here, and he and they did point out that uh, some of the reaction is a little bit like, what if they banned like fried chicken? And people so like, what a blow to the, it's like, all right, I think you're doing a little bit of, you're kind of being too, like, wo- too woke where you're teetering into like racial stereotyping. Yeah. I um, think, I think the best, the best take though, is that, uh, banning menthols is like, okay, so you're going to ban something like it's, it's kind of like a, you know, proposal or whatever. So you're going to ban something because it's unhealthy for you. It's like, you know, honestly, menthols are probably about as healthy for you as McDonald's. So like. We should probably exactly. ban McDonald's. It's like, um, uh, uh, well, it's it's one of those things where you get to appear like you're doing something for people, like for their health, um, by banning this, while like not taking responsibility for really anyone's health. Like, instead of healthcare, we will just ban this particular item that is, yes, no less uh, healthy for you than a uh, like a big you know dave's double whopper windy burger um but that's that's fine right but first of all i don't even i don't particularly know what menthol cigarettes are like what what the difference is Matt, Uh, you smoke three packs a day they sound cooler 
Yeah. I'll just say that. Menthols are like, I forgot. It's like a mint type stuff. It's like, um, it's like a smoother going down. It's like a, the way the filter is or something. It's like the filter on the cigarette, like the little brown part. It's like menthols have like something in them that make it, when you smoke it, it kind of tastes like mint or whatever. So it's not, so it's, it's not like, what? oh, sorry. Why then? If it's not like any stronger, I thought they is, were just stronger. Um, I'm not sure if they're stronger or not. I just know that like, I think they might be, I'm not sure, but it just like, he, he kind of, they kind of propose this ban with, um, flavored cigars as well. Yes. So it's menthols and flavored cigars because it, it, if you give people just the option to smoke straight tobacco, the, the thought process, the absolutely stupid thought process behind this is if you give the people options just to smoke tobacco, then they probably won't want to do it, you know? Um, because they don't have that taste with it too, like the menthol taste or, or the, the think, flavored cigar taste. It's like, shut up. I th- yeah. I think you're underestimating the, the tobacco. Like that's like the, uh, I mean, that's kind of like the whole package, right? Is that, yeah, it tastes like what it's like a sugar plum fairy flavor, but also it's the tobacco. Like it's getting you intoxicated. Well, we're in that case then like is, are, are all those Smirnoff flavored vodkas? Are they on their way out? You know, because I know as far as things affecting my people and my culture, then yeah, that would be a that would be a massive blow if uh, those all got got banned. Dude, Smirnoff flavored vodkas are so Smirnoff vodka is so fucking disgusting. It's like uniquely bad in a way that like it's like ten dollars a fucking bottle, but it's like at the same like what do you, what are you losing? But like you're saving money, but what are you losing? Oh, first of all, Matt, actually, here's the fucked up thing is that Smirnoff isn't $10 a bottle. If you buy like a handle, you could get so uh, uh, expert here. You can get a handle of like Taka or like Russian value vodka for like 10 bucks that you can get a handle of that for $10. Um, And, uh, you know, for a, a alcoholic on the go with the budget, that's. You know, that's the bet, really. Smirnoff is like, what, like 15 bucks, I think? Even $20? It's like trash. No way. For the handle or for the, the 750 for, milliliter? For the handle, I think it's like 20 bucks. Something okay. like that. We'll see. That's why you always got to go with Tito's. Tito's is the best uh, the best vodka. Tito's is good for like, yeah, like 30 bucks. It's for a handle. That's uh, depending on where you go. I've seen places put it in like the $40 range, which is like, like get out of here with that no <laughs> it's like whoa then throw your horses there yeah vodka is like um uh like there's like this video i think we might even referenced here where like a vodka expert was like yeah it's mostly branding and and marketing and shit like this ten dollar pop-off is fine like that's, that's it's it's about as good as that person has never had has never drank copious amounts of smirnoff and copious amounts of tito's then because like straight up like the thing about certain the thing about certain like vodkas especially because i that's my favorite like liquor is vodka but the thing about vodka especially is that um tito or smirnoff will just give you like the fucking worst hangover for like you're drunk so if you get drunk off smirnoff it's like Oh my God, it's such a bad fucking hangover. It's like you, it's a really like head splitting headache 
with a hangover. But with like Tito's, if you get like the same amount of drunk off of it, it's nowhere near like the hangover is nowhere near as bad. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, in my experience, a cheaper liquor doesn't really have that effect on me. It depends on the liquor. It depends uh, on the yeah. liquor. Cause like wine, wine is very similar in that. Like there are certain wines that you can get that are like completely fine. And then there's other wines you can get Josh. I give you a fucking headache after one fucking <laughs> yes. glass. Josh, like, like, well, Josh put like rat poison. I, yeah, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that wasn't even wine. It, my, my 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 boss, but like this HR person tried to get me killed off of this shitty wine. That was like the quickest of having a single drink. One glass, but it was yeah. One. That's the thing. It wasn't even a hangover. It was just a headache instantaneously caused immediately. the thing all three of us not just one of us all three of us felt like complete dog shit after it had to have been like it really had to be like an impurity or something in it that like had like crazy like it like turned slightly to vinegar or something i asked her about it like i told her about it and she said she felt bad liar but (laughs) (laughs) but she said she's net she's drank that for years and never had that issue. So well, I think we literally custom. just picked up. Or she's used to the rat poison they've been putting. Yeah, it's in the strachnite. Did you guys ever see? Did you guys ever watch the Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy? Yes. I do you remember? Not. Do you remember uh, Fred Fredberger, the little trunk um, monster guy? He's like an elephant. He's yes. like a green elephant. So yes. like he he eats frozen yogurt and he like he's eating it really fast and he just like keeps putting spoonfuls of frozen yogurt in his mouth and he's like ah he's like screaming because he's getting blank he's like the, the joke is that he's like retarded so he's getting like brain freeze like every time he puts like it in he's like ah and he like grabs it again and keeps eating it and keeps screaming after every bite just constantly he's shoveling it in his mouth that's how that that that's, chick is with that vodka uh, with that, that makes wine I've actually, I've actually stopped drinking wine for the most part like I'll go on these kicks where I'll drink, you know, one type of thing for a while. Like first it was wine and then it was vodkas and then tequilas. And now yeah. I'm just on a seltzer binge, as uh, so you guys may have seen. But I'm yeah. I, I'm drinking this one where it's a, a lemonade seltzer. Same amount of calories as your regular hard so, seltzer. Yeah. Very Those good. Very superior. Good. I, I feel like they're superior. They have great regular. flavor and they're... I don't, they might have more sugar in them. I think they do, but to me, it's just like almost dangerous because how good they are. So they have like the lemonade seltzers that I've had. Uh, like it's, I believe it's just like two grams. Like, like yeah, it's not much. So if it's, the same, it's the same amount. I'm pretty. Sure, um, of, I will say because I've become quite the connoisseur of of seltzers. Um, always like buy the craft stuff just because. You're going to get real fruit flavors. And I think the alcohol they use in it is also different than say like you're just Trulies or White Claws. Um, I noticed there is a pretty big like quality difference if you just go to a craft one. Like um, right now I'm drinking Monday Night, which is a local Atlanta brewery seltzer. And it's just it's really night and day between (laughs) between like the Bud Light seltzer or whatever. 
Have you stuff. ever had Monday night? It's a local brewery. <laughs> you might not have heard about it. <laughs> they do some good seltzers that will truly change. Your I life. tried it at this one vegan place in Austin for the first like, time. You guys should really try it. Like this literally they put out a Twitter post that was like, don't step on my neck or whatever from George <laughs> Floyd. And it just changed my life. They actually posted a black square like a year after everyone. So they're ahead of the curve. Yeah, it's just like, I'm just here fucking, I'm literally, while we're talking, drinking a Coors Light. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, dude, water from straight from the Rockies, my guy. Can't, yeah. can't hate on that. Distilled right from the Rockies. The taste Every of the Rockies. Cold, yeah. cold as the Rockies, brother. Dude, I, I, I'm like... I mean, I've I never w- was a disbeliever in the in the cores, but I'm I'm remaining on it. That's like that's good shit. That's like yeah, go to like you can get twelve, sixteen. You get twelve pints for ten dollars. Like you Dude, can't beat that. Fucking you can't beat it. About it. And it's like it's qual. Let me tell you something. This is a cores ad right now. You know, leave the Let's Us podcast brought to you, brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, yeah, so it's it's a great deal. Fantastic. Um, it tastes good. And people always think, say I'm crazy when I say this, but I, I completely agree with it. It tastes like liquid cashews. Like it, it like if you huh. were to imagine how cashews taste, that's how it tastes. People call it water beer, but whatever. It's a Coors Light. It's the fucking best shower beer you can have. Yeah, I mean, no one is like making Coors to be out something that's not, you know, if if it's good, it's good. And it's cheap, even better. Yeah, it's not like fucking Paps Blue Ribbon or some shit where it's like literally just water and, and like all right, something. all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little I'm gonna be a standard bearer here for PBR because PBR, oh, bro. I, I don't. I, I'm not even solid. shitting on PBR. A, yeah, let me just tell you something. Let me just tell you something, brother. I, there was one time where this guy was saying talking about fucking Dadweisers, and he was like, "Oh, like you know, I drink Dad like Budweiser." He's like, "I don't drink fucking PBR like that nasty shit. Like you don't get the job done, blah blah." But like, damn, it's nasty. Right. And I go, I go, man, listen. And this has since been discontinued. Let me just tell you something. The, the reason I'm a socialist is because the fucking economy shit, and I can no longer go on Tuesday nights to fucking uh, was it Bolero in Kennesaw. A uh, little location docs there, Bolero and Kennesaw, and get fucking six dollar PBR pitchers. Like that's a oh. fucking tragedy. Like that's honestly that violence against. It's violence against my culture. I'm tired of my culture being a race like this, and it's just like, you know, like capitalism has destroyed everything that I hold dear. Everything that, as Karl Marx says, everything that is solid melts in the air. And and by everything that is solid, he means six dollar PBR pitchers, <laughs> and by Melts in the air, he means is gone because the comp- corporation couldn't afford <laughs> to keep doing that. <laughs> um, Matt, I, I remember, so as far as like cheap pitchers go, Mexican, is Bolero a Mexican place? No, Bowling Alley. It's a Bowling oh, Alley, dude. Okay, okay. Come on. <laughs> you, so, you, yeah. bowl, like, you pay 15 bucks. Listen, Tuesday night, you okay. pay 15 bucks. You get you a six for the table, $6 PBR pitcher. Each a little, little flatbread pizza for 10 bucks or so oh my god you can have a fucking fucking week of it you know it's so good it was so good and then they just said oh yeah no like i, I remember going there one day it's like a it's like a different company now and they're just like oh yeah no it's like 
cheapest beer we got on taps like one fucking Bud Light for like a pint of Bud Light for like ten bucks. I'm like, go fuck yourself, dude. What the fuck, dude? That's that's awful. That's that's a, do, you, do you remember when we went to we did Top Golf my birthday like two tragedy like a year and and the, the pictures we got they had that shit in the, in the middle oh, the crease the crease the volume that was so Piece annoying. Oh yeah. my god, it was basically not even a picture. It was like two sips. Yeah. Fucking horseshit, oh. dude. Yeah, that's yeah, that that was totally <laughs> Lee and I one time we uh we we went to uh fucking I think we went to Hooters and we bought like a pitcher. And so we drank this pitcher at Hooters and then we decide, you know it's a really good idea. We have a DD. So we're gonna go to the fucking bar and we're gonna like drink another pitcher and then we drink like three pitchers at the bar. So so we had Lee and I split it evenly. We had like two pitchers a piece that night. That's like, dude, us <laughs> talking about this, I've I've like I'm I'm like full on it. I want to go to a bowling alley or something. Do or like a physical activity where we can have beer, just ch- smash some beers and take it, you know, go to like but go back to the the house, right? Play beer pong and shit, and just fucking, just just do it, man. Just hit it all night. Like just get absolutely fucking wrecked. There's like, no better combo, I feel like, than just just constant stream of beer and like a physical activity. Oh, because you God. can smash those. If you're sitting sedentary, if I'm sitting down sedentary, it's like four beers, and I'm pretty good. I I can't really have like any more beer. Like it, it's like four. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm kind of full. But if I'm like if i'm bowling if we're playing beer pong or some shit i can knock those things back just constantly because i'm sweating all out you know because I'm, I'm going i'm going hard i'm telling you when people talk about return to tradition or whatever on like twitter and they're talking about like being catholic or some stupid shit like that no return to, to tradition is just smashing fucking brewskis with the boys and doing a physical activity but really yeah like matt you you uh tweet about like like when we hung played tennis uh, you know, which I really regret not spending the night because I I like I wanted to like fucking keep because like you know we played tennis, went in the house, ate some food, you know, watched kung fu, got tipsy, watched that show, and heckled the hell out of it. It was great fun, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was yeah, really almost a perfect, pretty much a perfect evening. We'll do it again sometime for sure, like yeah, sometime yeah. soon because. Also, I mean, I totally get it because like you weren't feeling well, and when you're sick, especially after the COVID shot, it's like, oh yeah, I was gonna say, why didn't you feel sick? Cole was the fucking second dose of the micro trip you got, you people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, like I felt okay. Like, yeah, that was the thing. My fear was because the night before, I had like, I was like, so, like basically, I'm pretty sure it was a migraine because I was nauseous and mm. my head hurt. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. On top of all that, I had like not eaten that much that day. So I was trying to eat dinner while feeling nauseous, which made my head hurt worse because I hadn't eaten anything. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oof, it was it was really bad. Like trying to sleep that night was really bad. So I was just worried that would happen again. But I was actually fine um, the rest of the evening. Um, but uh, yeah, also just my girlfriend needing to to get to work the next day and all that stuff. So it was just just but but. Next time, though, yeah. Definitely. Oh, yeah, next time. and Because we can, yeah. Um, moving into the new place later this month, uh, I don't know if I've said it's, like, confirmed that we're doing that. So um, they have tennis courts there, and we're going to – so what's cool is it's, like, a three-story. So 
you have a garage or three levels, I should say. You have a garage and then the like kitchen, living room area is one level and then the bedrooms are another one. I'm really thinking about getting like a ping pong table or something to put in the garage, you know, so it's oh, just yeah, not yeah. empty. But uh, we'll definitely like it will it will be good for hosting get togethers for sure. Yeah, um, I yeah, you were talking ahead. about the COVID shot. Cool. And I was like, yeah. going to talk, oh, I hadn't talked on the pod yet, but I finally got my second. So I got, so I had a, I had a, an appointment for the COVID shot. I had the appointment. I made this appointment three times. What? Because why? Yeah. So the appointment, the first one was for, uh, was for, uh, like an actual, like the first place I got it. Right. Uh, I was <laughs> going to, I was going to do that. And then I had to take off work. And so when I took off work, um, I had to skip lunch and I was hungry. So I got food and it was like, I would have missed my appointment, but also like people at work were kind of scaring me about the COVID shot, like with the sickness stories and shit. Yeah. Oh, that you wouldn't feel well. Like if you went back to work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like, I wasn't going to go back to work, but like I took off that day, but I was like worried about the next day because I had to like, I was working, but I was also going to, I went to the Braves Cubs game that next day. Yeah. I don't want to miss that for sure. Yeah. So I was like, fuck that. And just like, didn't get it. Fair like enough. I just didn't show up. And then I scheduled it again and uh, missed that one. God damn. They're just yeah, throwing so, out barrels of vaccines that Matt's wasting. No, there's no I'm joke. Point. I'm joking. So the final one, I was like, all right, I got to do it. Like I got pressure from, you know, the roommate. So I got to go get this fucking vaccine. So after you guys were telling me about it, I was still a little like, oh, I don't know if I want to get it. Mm-hmm. And I got it. I came home, took a Tylenol immediately. There was no effects that I was feeling. I took a Tylenol. Um, and then I was alternating um, Tylenol and Advil, right? Because you can kind of alternate them every four hours. So it's kind of alternating. Like I took a I took a Tylenol, an extra strength Tylenol at the outset. And then I did Advil. And then I, I didn't do anything else after that. And then, you know, uh, Kim was like, oh, well, um, if you feel bad, then you can do some more like later. And I said, okay, well, I'm feeling fine. Knock on wood, but it's only been so many hours. And I like slept and woke up and I was like, fine. Like the, the second dose of the vaccine, the only thing that I was feeling like the day after was I was a little more sore, but I also like worked out pretty hard. Yeah. Like that day too. So I don't know. It, I think it was the vaccine. And then I also, and I'll tell you this Cole, uh, you know, I, also got a slight headache. I didn't get like a migraine. Okay. I just got like a slight headache that night. But like that was it with the second dose. Because most people I heard like with the second dose, they get fucking, you know, it like wipes them out. And then there's some people like with the one doser, right, with Johnson & Johnson. And like they they get fucking, they're like, oh, I'm so fucking sick the next day. Yeah, the Johnson & Johnson one, the only person I know who got it was my mom. But she said it was really bad. And then with the Pfizer two-dose... Um, I felt like complete dog shit the next day, but then it's it kind of went away fast. And then Liz mm-hmm. felt like bad, but not as bad as me. And then my boss, he had it like even worse. So it is interesting how it affects everyone totally differently. But I'm, I am glad that like it wasn't that bad for you, honestly. Yeah, it was crazy because like, you know, Kim was saying like, oh, like you probably won't feel anything. But she felt she was like aching and she was really tired and she yeah. was like, I got to sleep. And I was like, all right, you know, like I, I might feel like I, I was thinking that I was going to fucking be out of commission. 
I'm a big, <laughs> I'm a big pussy when it comes to sickness and stuff. Yeah. Like, and so I got the shot and I was like, fuck, all right, I'm, I'm ready for it. And then it just never came. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Knock on wood, you know? Yeah. So you got the Bill Gates shot, but yeah. when are you going to shoot your shot with Melinda Gates? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hell yeah, brother. She's, she's free. She's ready to mingle, right? Yeah, they got a, they got a, they split up, man. Do we know uh, why they did? Now they why do you think? What, can you can you hazard a guess? Why <laughs> he was fucking some child? <laughs> can I? Can, can we really? Can do? Can you think of a non weird reason <laughs> they got divorced? <laughs> I can't. It probably wasn't even over Epstein shit. It was probably something over like he's just playing Minecraft too much these days or whatever he's up to. I mean. It probably is something very mundane. It's like, oh, uh, it's, it's like, yeah, just totally fucking evil. They both probably are. Yeah, it probably was just like he like, um, uh, like she tried to like tell him about like her day with like the knitting club, and he uh, had secretly pulled up like a tab of like, uh, uh, like, uh, like yeah, Minecraft speed runs and you know, trying to catch like hackers, right? Cause he's like, they're ruining my brand. You know, they're ruining Microsoft. Uh, and she was, she just had it, you know, she's like, no, you know, you never make icons with me anymore because you're always watching these damn speed runs, you know? And it just, yeah. It fell apart. I'm trying to read up, read about it, but fucking CNN's like, turn off your ad blocker, turn off your ad blocker. Yeah. That's a great way to have a, have me instantly leave any site is to be told, Hey, um, like, I know you want to read this article about like, um, diamond mining in the Congo, but can you like turn this off so that we can have like, like the Geico gecko shouting at you from the margins of this page or worse. It's like, um, sorry, you're three free previews is up. Pay this money to read this article and you'll never do that again. And they, re- they remember that shit too, because like, you know, you go you go to a site you've never you haven't been to. It's like 2008, and they're like, "We remember you. You were here twice before." You know, once once was an accident, but we don't we don't we count that too. Yeah, again, I think it's pretty probably pretty mundane. I know the the Bezos thing happened because he like was he like sexting people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, which like, I don't even want to know what Jeff Bezos has done. He's probably done some weird shit. Well, like the the the, the texts were like him being like, "Oh, sweetie baby, I want to like kiss you." Like it wasn't even that like, oh, um, like yeah, that explicit. Or like, I guess for him, for like people like that, that is explicit. But it wasn't mm-hmm. what you would think as far as like, ooh, cheating texts. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, I mean divorcing bill gates is like a win and and same thing with the jeff bezos thing everybody was like yes queen like get the bag you know you Mm. you earned it but you know honestly i'm just i'm just sad to see love love torn apart (laughs) love falter yeah yeah (laughs) i used to believe in it and now i don't know because bill and melinda aren't aren't together anymore (laughs) are they gonna they had like the foundation right are they gonna split that up like, is it going to be a Bill Gates foundation and a Melinda? That's st- like that. Cool. You're yeah. asking the right questions and I don't have the answers for you. But you is are on the right path. Be- 
Is she going to get Bethesda in this whole thing? I hope so. She becomes creative director of Bethesda gaming. Her and Todd Howard are going to fucking... Oh, that's their next move. She's going to marry him. And yes, Bethesda games. Her, her and Todd Howard fucking. <laughs> the Bethesda games are going to get way fucking worse than... She's going to be lead and it's going to be they're going to be somehow be worse than they've been lately. Like you like Fallout 76, maybe Fallout 77. That's right. We're bringing it back and we're we're not playtesting it at all, baby. Oh, so like a Bethesda game? Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Ooh, 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 Matt came in. Matt came off the crapper with with some things some things ready to go. Yeah, dude. Not the crapper, just the pisser. Mm. Do you remember? Do, do we recall anytime with these celebrities? I remember. I reminded of when the um, like Tyler, Tyler, Tiger Woods's wife divorced him. Whatever her name was, like the Swedish model, <laughs> Mrs. After, Tiger Woods. <laughs> yeah, Mrs. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Um, after like you know the whole like he's like a, a sex pervert. Um, yeah. Came out or or in Bill other words, has a great- awesome. Bill, yeah, Bill Burr has, yes. has a great joke about that. <laughs> He's like, you, "Have you ever heard that joke about that Bill Burr does about?" Tiger yes, Woods? but why don't you why don't you tell us, man? Let's hear oh it. well, it's like he talks about. Um, he's like, "Yeah, we've never had the temptation that Tiger Woods has had." He's like, uh, <laughs> "He says, you know, I work on my backswing. I like wake up the next morning and I'm sore as fuck." He's like. Tiger Woods like walks off the fucking green and he has a bus full of Filipino women ready to fuck his brains out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that's the bit he does about um, uh, gold digging. Like he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Schwarzenegger too, because he's saying like Schwarzenegger. Yeah, there's an epidemic of gold digging. Who is? Um, yeah. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, like Schwarzenegger like impregnates his 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 a housemaid or whatever he's like you think he's that like, he's like you think that gold digging whore is like fucking him for the his looks his like weird cinder block face yeah. <laughs> it's like, which i love which in hindsight this uh him saying this about like a housemaid having sex <laughs> with source it's like it's like all right man, there's uh, things that play there but um what he's like how many great men are going to be chopped in half by <laughs> by these women? Like, I don't think that's the dynamic going on. I don't, it's like, like, why aren't we talking about her? It's like because she's like, why? Why would? What the fuck, man? He's like, that's like me going to another country, learning how to speak a language and barely speaking it, lifting fucking weight, and then just joining the theater. <laughs> He's like he comes. He comes all this way. He starts a company. He like marries a, a Kennedy. He like stars in movies. Yeah, well, like not. Yeah, and he's like fucking his housewife or his housemate. That's like a layup to him, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. But I, I'm glad that men like like Bill Burr does shed light on the real victims of these scandals. It's <laughs> the, the multi-millionaire men, yeah. right? <laughs> Who can't like not fuck someone, yeah. Right. Who don't have agency, you know. No, but this it's all reminded me of that because that I feel like this was the first time I heard like the uh does the wife divorce who's divorcing him, does she deserve like half his money or whatever? Which first of all, it's half all their money. So 
uh, all the assets are halved. You know, she's a model. She she brought something to the table, right? It's not discredit her. But in any case, um, the whole conversation of does she deserve half the money or whatever? And it's like, uh, I mean, no, but so so what? Like, he really cares. In that yeah. case, it's just weird combination. Like, no one deserves that much money. He doesn't deserve that fucking with. money either. Yeah. He hits a yeah. ball really well. That's that's cool, man. You know, does he does yeah, what does he do deserve well, I, millions I, of millions? I mean, I, I will say this though, um, about it. It is like we're still talking about Tiger Woods, right? Talking about hitting a ball very well. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this about athletes, like the thing you have to realize, and this is what I tell people all the time when people bitch about like actors getting paid the money and, and athletes getting paid the money. I'm like, well, they're the the, on, the only reason they make so much money is because they generate so much money, like copious amounts of money for like whatever company that they're, you know, playing for, or like doing or whatever. Like, like, uh, I, I don't know exactly how the money in golf breaks down, but let's just say like you get a sponsorship deal with Nike, right? It's because like, yeah, yeah. Tiger Woods being a sponsor of Nike makes them more money than he's paying him. That's why, like, no fucking, are, are you kidding me? Like I hate, and you, you hear a lot of people down here say this. They're like, it's ridiculous that athlete pro athletes and actors get paid more money than, than the men and women in our military defending yeah. our freedoms, you know? Um, it was just ridiculous, but like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah, like if you hit a ball pretty good, you know, you can kind of like make it. But at the same time, like you have to realize that should they be paid that much? No. But should like the corporations that employ them be paid that much? Hell no. Like, Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There, there's I, like, yeah, I, I can I can say this, like being, you know, a professional, like if you're a professional, like, um, baseball pitcher or something, right. Like, let's just say you're a pitcher, whatever. And you like make, you you know, a couple million dollars a year. Let's just say like the low end, like, you're just kind of like, Oh, like, you know, uh, two, two, one million to $2 million or whatever. Right. Let's just say that you make that. That's fucking ridiculous. Like playing a fucking sport, you should not be making that amount of money. Cause that's like a leisure activity for somebody. But at the same time, like how much money are they making the organization that they play for a lot more than that? Because that's what they're paying them, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess. It, uh, yeah. In that sense, um, like in this system built right now. Yeah. And also because like athletes are like, if we're talking about people who are like self-made, like you can kind of make an argument for like an athlete. being. No, I, I don't believe, I don't believe in any, I think self-made is a complete myth. 100%. Well, I just meant as far as like their rely, what do they rely on? They rely on like sort of their own talent. Um, yeah, but they didn't, so have to, they didn't have to exploit anybody to get to where they are, right? But there's, yeah, but they're not self-made because there's people that help them out along the way, sure, right? Sure, so, I just, yeah, I just meant like as far as like who they rely on, like or or yes, it's like ultimately it coming because like plenty of talented people, yeah, don't make it because they don't either have like the right people around them or whatever. But um, yeah, I was just saying you could like fashion maybe if you were uh, thought uh, that way uh, for them. But I think that like out of you know, out of the higher paying like positions that people go, why are people paid so much? You know, I think athletes are kind of the one that's like, because like not everyone acts for fun, you know, 
right? So, so a lot of people don't even think about like actors being paid that much. You know, sometimes they do, but like a lot of people just see athletes and they're like, hey, I played that when I was 10. Like I could fucking do that. And it's like you couldn't, but you know, you can't do it at this level. It's like completely different. But like regardless yeah. of the sport, like you couldn't fucking do that at this level um, or you'd be up there, you know. Uh, uh, but at the same time, like because you played that when you were 10, it gives you the illusion that I was watching Ken Burns baseball and they were talking about this a little bit. It gives you the illusion that you could go out there and do that. Oh, yeah. you, you played that exact same game like when you were 10 and you're just like, oh, like this dude, like I'm working this like shitty nine to five bank job making like 30 K a year or whatever it is, you know, whatever you're doing. And you're like, I had to go to like college to get this like 30 K a year job. Meanwhile, this, <laughs> yeah. this guy's good at literally playing a game and he's making like fucking 400 times more than me, you know? So and they don't even have to be, Oh, do you know who Brian Scalabrini is? Either of you? No. Sounds familiar, but I don't. Don't yeah, know he, he so he gets brought up because he's made like post. So he played he played basketball, and he's this like six nine like uh, like just pale ginger fuck right, uh, kind of doughy. Even when he was playing, and he was like a basically a very very uh, like uh, was used very sparingly for his whole career as far as like when he got brought in and all that stuff, but. He, he was like a fan favorite because people like to root for like a goofy looking dude, <laughs> like white dude on the team. Yeah. Um, so for like a long, he was like the white Mamba. <laughs> like, cause, cause, you know, to compare him with Kobe. Uh, so, so, and if you look at his, like his career stats, it's like nothing. Like he didn't really ever do anything impressive in the league, but after the league, he's kind of been like he, he he did like what most players do, which is like kind of be a sports personality, all that stuff. But he also like uh, is sort of like a shining example of how like even someone who like did nothing in the league uh, and who was like compared to like other players, not great, still kicks the shit out of like regular average Joe players. Because like he like like uh, there's videos you can find of him just like, you know, dunking on people who challenge him. Like, he held, like, a tournament where he invited people to come play him one-on-one -on -one and just beat them all. Uh, he handpicked, like, people he thought would be a good challenge and beat them all, like, by, like, 11 to nothing every time. Like, so, uh, yeah, if there's any example of how uh, you, as a regular person, uh, were you to be put into a professional... <laughs> league would get your shit smacked it's by this 45 year old like doughy white dude just destroying like people half his age because to reach that point you have to be otherworldly good you know even if you don't play you know once you're there yeah i think um i think the thing that like that is kind of get kind of gets lost in translation especially with that is that like um like with, with the thought process that we were just talking about, which is like thinking that, you know, these people aren't that talented, you know, because they're playing a game, you know, or whatever, and they aren't worth like that amount of money. Um, it, it's like, I don't know, it's like um, forgetting, and I know this sounds really dumb, but forgetting like those types of people are like workers, right? And like the current, in the current system, 
I guess would be a way of like saying it because like they don't own the, you know, the team or like the, they don't own the I like the IP of the team, right? The intellectual property of the team, like, you know, Zach Levine, like, I, I don't know much about basketball, but like Zach Levine's like, you know, the only good player on the bulls or whatever. And, uh, like he doesn't own the bulls at all. So like, he can't just like go out there and, you know, he's, he's still like a worker, um, fucking like, what is it? Jerry Reinsdorf or whatever, who owns the bulls. Like that guy like makes a, a ungodly amount of money. So he pays Zach Levine like a sal, like a, you know, not even a halfway decent sal. I don't know how much he makes, but he pays him like more than most people will ever see in their lifetime because, uh, Zach Levine makes him that money. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so you have to realize that like this fucking like piece of shit, like sits on a computer, like doesn't have a real job, like just kind of like owner, like makes money off these people's labor. And it's, it's hard to think of it as labor because like under the current system of, of uh, you know, of capitalism, like labor's the most abstract it's ever been. It's not like, it's not yeah. like uh, Marx's uh, coat makers anymore, you know. So um, it, it's kind of hard to it's kind of hard to wrap your mind around it. Uh, um, but I think like you know, and it's 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 even harder now because like the professions are are completely like I mean, there's the there's the sit at the desk and email <laughs> jobs, right? Which is like very hard to to kind of figure out where the um, where the value gets added in that, you know, which is funny because you have a lot of people and I was noticing this, I was like listening to a podcast about this. You have a lot of people who talk about like labor, how like, no, we should be working, right? Like as a society, like if we're going to have a, um, have like a communist society, like everyone should be like working or, you know, whatever, like we need to get rid of like kind of bullshit jobs. But a lot of these, like, like capitalism has just become a lot of these bullshit jobs. Which is just yeah. like, like I said, sitting in front of a computer and like emailing people, <laughs> which I have one of those now. And I, I tell <laughs> people all the time, I'm like, you can go touch grass all you want to, brother. But like, let me just tell you something like that fucking type of job sucks ass. I've had that type of job multiple times. <laughs> it yeah. sucks complete ass. <laughs> I'd rather sit at a computer and email all day. Oh, absolutely. Like it's so much less taxing on your body and you're making way more. It's, it's just funny because like, in the business that I'm in, we sell software to landscaping companies and like the owners, you know, they're not sports owners or even athletes are not making that kind of money, but like they're paying their employees like as little as po humanly possible to do backbreaking labor outside in terrible weather often and you know, a lot of times using like immigrant labor, which like it's good that immigrants could get jobs, but it's not good that they're being exploited in those jobs. Yeah. Right. So it is always on my mind. That's the, about that's the that. Bernie Sanders point, right? Like and that, yeah. that's something that like, you know, a lot of times people forget is that that's a Bernie Sanders talking point, which was, you know, like, like having people who, you know, it's not, it's not controversial to say that you want to take, like, it shouldn't be controversial to say that you want to take care of people and that everyone should be taken care of. But at the same time, it's, you have to realize like, well, who, who's, who's that benefiting like that? Mm -hmm. Like paying, paying immigrant, like paying migrant workers $5 a day for 12 hours of like backbreaking labor. Like who, 
who is that benefiting? It's not benefiting the, it's benefiting the migrants in the fact that like they probably make more doing that than they wouldn't. They're like, you know, in, in the home country or whatever. But at the same time, it's like more beneficial to the capitalist because he's, he's exploiting that, that labor more so. And it lessens the bargaining power of like, you know, collective individual workers, right? Like, it, yeah. like throughout the, throughout the world, essentially. Also like, like I, I, pe- I feel like people will bring up like the, uh, well, they get those jobs and they make more money. It's like, well, I guarantee every last one of them, if asked, hey, do you want to like make a decent living in in your home country, like where you're from, where your family is, where your friends are? You know, do you want to like have a safe, secure life there? Like, like they would say, like, so I feel like people will, um, uh, will you know, eat like liberals too will kind of say they want to come here because we're so great. It's like, no, I'd much rather stay home and have yeah. this life, like have a safe, secure life there. But the, mm-hmm. the, our fucking actions, our direct actions have made that impossible. So thing, they come here yeah. begrudgingly because this is where, this is the city on the hill, right? In the sense that it's all been centered here. Capital is centered here. The only place where they can get that safe or like that secure life is here if they can brave all the shit put in between exactly and you know i don't want to speak too much for my girlfriend she she is an immigrant and but her her take on it i think has changed over the years and again i don't want to speak like for her on this but just what i've picked up what i've gathered is that it seems like she questions if it really was worth it for her family to leave Um, obviously she recognizes like the financial aspect of it, that her family financially is much better off than they would be in Mexico, but they did have to give up a lot of their family and they, they have like her grandparents are still in Mexico and a ton of her family. And, you know, I think she questions like, was it really worth it to split up our family to come here? Um, and you know, the, I think the cold hearted take will be like, well, obviously it was worth it because you're richer, right? Your, your life is quote better, but I mean, she knows, and a lot of people know how important family is and you know, what amount of money is worth giving that up. And so I think she's at a place where she, she doesn't know. And that like, that sucks to see. And, you know, I feel kind of, um, you definitely feel the privilege <laughs> when you're talking to someone yeah. who's an immigrant. You even in my case, which you guys know me, like my family's not wealthy or anything, but we definitely weren't like we're super poor. And but even that, it's like I my grandparents are here. I've never had to give up anything in my life. And I really don't know what that's like to have to give that up. Um, so you know, I've, cause I've talked to her, like, would you want to move somewhere? Would you want to like go out of state? And she's like, no, not really. Because as long as I'm like happy and healthy and have a decent job, I'm going to stay near my family. Like the only reason, you know, she, I don't even think any amount of money could make her leave that. Cause that's like much more important than chasing quote, the American dream or whatever. Yeah, as I mean, and she's obviously seen all the Fast and the Furious movies, and as the Fast and the Furious movies teach us, the most, the most, uh, the most importante thing is La Familia, right? Mas importante. <laughs> the most importante thing is La Familia. Aren't they making you know? another one? Isn't there another Fast and Furious coming out? 
Yeah, of course, dude. Yeah, we yeah. gotta see that in theaters, man. Of course, Fast did, Nine. Did I? Did either of you? Um, this was <laughs> relatively recent. Did either of you see that like clip of Kamala Harris like um, speaking to like the Guatemalan president? Or, no. Like, in Guatemala? Oh, I no, I did not. I did not see that. And saying, um, and dre- it's quote unquote dressing him down for all the issues in Guatemala, <sighs> and the. Um, I had just, I remember seeing that because I had just in class talked about the coup in Guatemala uh-huh. that the CIA and the United Fruit Company and the American government conducted in Guatemala mm-hmm. and all the fucking issues that she was fucking talking about could be traced directly back to that coup and the fact that they put uh, that Guatemala had just, you know, had, they had 10 years worth of democracy after being ruled by a military strongman. And then we decided that was long enough and put another military strongman in power. And then that led to 40 years or 40 years, give or take of civil war led to genocide, led to all this shit. And all those issues, again, can be tied directly back to something we did. Yeah. You know, so it's just great. It's just great that she gets to have this girl boss moment and, you know, I saw someone say she's she's speaking truth to power. It's like, yeah, as the vice president, definitely that's what right. she's doing. Um, as one of the most yeah. privileged, like privileged people, probably. Like, it's so it's so funny. Like people don't realize that it's it, like I mean, it, it truly is like like class and like governmental power and just power in general is the great equalizer. Like like Kamala Harris, like being a, a minority woman right has more power in her hands than like most like most white people you know that that you know because like most people don't have power they don't have a modicum of power they try and like exert power in in their everyday lives over like certain things to like very detrimental shoppers yeah 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 exactly and that's the thing like like you have to realize that you know that that, that's a that's something that's real like like that's tangible having that 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 privileged like position of being vice president or whatever like you know it's it's something that like it it doesn't it's it's not like equivocal across like you know fucking lines you know it's it's not like oh because she's you know a, a minority woman she immediately has less privilege than whatever she's had to work harder you know it's it doesn't like not everyone's you know, that's that's the great myth of like, um, you know, what people think about uh, communists or leftists or whatever is that like they want everybody to be equal. But it's like not everybody is equal. Like that's the whole point. <laughs> it's the problem. Yeah. You know, so so there there's always going to be inequality and it's going to be it's going to be vastly like it's not going to be manageable. It's going to be like vastly, you know, uh, apparent in ca- like a capitalist you know society. So. Speaking of which, I, I just finished like uh, the 18th premiere of Louis Bonaparte. So, what what is that? It's oh, uh, mad. That is a perfect segue too. But go ahead, talk about it. Yeah. So, um, it's the book by uh, Marx, where he talks about. So it's like his his book, and, and I was like researching it before I was reading it. It's his book where where people say that it's the book that that portrays his historical materialism the most right like where you can kind of get like that taste of his like um where he talks about how like history is kind of this you can kind of read history in these events like 
you know, and you can kind of like get to the present day and you can go, oh, like it's not like, oh, it was like fated to happen or whatever. Like you yeah. can kind of kind of see the writing on the wall. Um, you know, at the end, obviously, but like you can keep, you could see the writing on the wall and like it is it's motivated by by class, right? Like that's what the materialism comes through is like, you know, it's Louis Bonaparte's rule, right? Because and he talks about like in the first part of the book and just just really quick, I'm not going to go on the whole tangent of like what the book's about. It's it's about um, the nephew was it uh, of Napoleon. Uh, yeah, so like the nephew, he's like Louis the Louis Bonaparte the first, right? Well, he's, so he's, he's, he's Louis Bonaparte the third. Yes. So yeah. he's the nephew of the first Louis Bonaparte, which is he's related to Napoleon. Napoleon, yeah, yeah. ultimately, yeah. So the the line that that everyone talks about, like first is tragedy, then is farce. Yeah, I'm sure I've heard that. The, the 18th Brumaire. It's oh, the first okay. line in the book. So like he says, he says at the very beginning, he's like, oh, Heigl said that that events happen twice in history, but he forgot to add that they happen first as tragedy, then as farce. Gotcha. So the whole yeah. book was well, about his yeah. failed, his failed like attempt, like, like failed revolution. It's about failed revolutions. It's about... Louis Bonaparte's like failed uh, uh, like power grab, essentially how like he becomes. And it's interesting because like throughout the book, again, like I'm not going to talk about all of it. I'll just say this last thing. Uh, throughout the entire book, he talks about how um, Louis was a he was a caricature. He was a he was a uh, he, he was like a jester trying to portray Napoleon because Napoleon's like this. Like in in you know in the French Revolution history, Napoleon's like this this heroic figure on horseback, you know, who like who who took to stuck it to the man, man, right? Like he's this like revolutionary figure, and he has like has this like heroic kind of worship about him, and whether that's like you know right or wrong, like you can kind of debate it. But like he talks about how like Louis Bonaparte was like this guy who's like a gross caricature of that. Like he's a clown that is trying to recreate the heroism like of that, that failed revolution. And in doing so, he creates a failed revolution himself. Yeah. um, So the reason I said it's a a great segue, Matt, is because uh, Louis, all right. So like, uh, yeah, when, um, uh, you know Louis Napoleon, Napoleon the Third, or whatever. Um, he is related to what is today. So today is Cinco de Mayo. Do either of you? Can either of you tell me what is the significance of this day is? For so the, for the Mexicans. Yeah, some people would say, "Oh, it's it's Mexican Independence," but that's a totally that ha- happens in like September. I want to say. Tip, yes, but uh, um, yeah. Cinco de Mayo. That's the French, actually, Napoleon tried to invade Mexico and the Mexicans uh, beat beat their ass. Right. Yes. So, Matt, you were bringing up that, uh, you know, uh, Louis Louis Napoleon, Napoleon III, is a farce. And so one example of that is his attempt at uh, empire building uh, in Mexico, specifically. So Mexico... Uh, so, like, the point of Cinco de Mayo, yeah, Matt, uh, Josh, the uh, Battle of uh, Pueblo, 
which was this uh, you know, victory by the Mexican army over the French army, the French invaders. And um, so the whole point behind this was Mexico had like, uh, uh, so it's, you know, it's independent from Spain in 1821. That's when it wins. Um, uh, uh, I believe like there's like two dates and sit both in September, like the 16th is like the, that's when uh, Miguel Hidalgo starts like the very first attempt at like uh, uh, Mexican independence. And then, uh, they actually win it in like later, like like September twenty something, um, eighteen twenty one, under guys like uh, 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 Guadalupe Victoria, I think, and Augustine Iturbide, Iturbide, um, and the like. Right. So, I took a class on like Mexican history, so this so I'm, I'm pulling from. But so Mexico, this young nation, part of like trying to build like a uh, nation or whatever right is that they borrowed a lot of money from like european countries france uh, among them so the issue was in like 1860 um the current mexican president benito juarez uh who was like this very much reformer type like liberal type like wanted to like um, you know, fix like the, the vestiges of like colonial society in Mexico. But one thing he said was uh, for about like a year or so, we're not going to make any payments on these debts we have to the Europeans. So for about a year or so, we're going to have a moratorium on that. And that was the uh, uh, like the justification for the French, uh, the British and the Spanish also sent over like people as well. To, to intervene and make them pay them back. But the French, their real purpose, like you said, Matt, Louis Napoleon's real big brain purpose was to empire build, to turn Mexico into part of the, you know, this French empire who's going to forge in the image of, you know, Napoleon the first. And uh, um, yeah, so Pueblo was a victory, but, but the French actually ended up winning the war. Oh, I didn't know so that. They, so Pueblo was a big victory, but ultimately the French won and set up a, uh, a puppet government in, in Mexico for uh, about five or so years. Bastards. They actually imported, yeah, they imported a, uh, a Habsburg over to be emperor of Mexico, a uh, Maximilian the first. <laughs> so for about five or so years or, I th- yeah, I think 1867 or 1866. So for a couple of years, Mexico was this puppet regime ruled by the French, but with a Habsburg uh, reject, really. Uh, I think he was the young, older brother of the uh, or the younger of the uh, Austrian Archduke. So he wasn't in line for the throne or anything. So he got brought over to be, yeah, to be emperor, you know, of this new Mexican empire and uh, that that it did all fall apart because like you said Matt so this was all this uh vague facsimile of what Napoleon tried to, or did do so as soon as the the French had to be you know called away from Mexico it all came crumbling down and you had uh the Mexicans reassert their independence and you know uh, dismantle this regime and and all that. I was just thinking, like that entire time when you were saying that, I was just thinking, like Mexican people speaking French, 
Like, that's just so yeah. funny to me. I don't know. Like, why? I just thinking, like, <laughs> never mind. I'm not going to say. Was, oh, God. Yeah. That, so that whole time, that's all you're thinking. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Just, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, thanks, that's thanks like for a, breaking yeah, that down because really I didn't know. I knew the initiation of it. I didn't realize the French actually won. That's yeah, crazy. Um, the thing, like the thing, like Pueblo is important because. You tell me, these pussy ass um, French fucking came over with their powdery wigs and their enchanté. Oh, <laughs> fucking came over and kicked some banditos' asses. I don't believe that for a second. Well, so like they, the assumption for the French and for like the Europeans there was that they were going to be able to beat because they viewed the Mexicans as, yeah, they were like a breakaway colony. And that their army was, you know, surely going to be this ragtag group, and they would easily beat them. Uh, and then, yeah, Pueblo was this sort of momentous victory because it did show, uh, like their their capability of beating the French. It just as the war progressed, they just couldn't re they couldn't recapture that same success. What I also read about Cinco de Mayo is that they don't really celebrate it in Mexico. Um, and the, th- the theory on how it kind of spread to America and became like this American, Mexican-American holiday is that there was like the, the small group of people in Mexico who celebrated it. And then they a lot of them went to like California and kind of people, residents there started adopting this tradition as their own. And so that's why now today, like, why are we celebrating this Mexican, you know? victory or whatever but it's just because who doesn't love like getting sloshed on a on a tuesday afternoon march yeah like are you kidding me like fucking little little tacos little afternoon march like (laughs) i got some yeah i got some marg ingredients i'm gonna make some tonight i have no marg but i do have tequila but i'm probably not gonna drink it i've never actually celebrated cinco de mayo like ever you never gone to a mexican restaurant during cinco de mayo no i haven't are you yeah, okay? Pretty, yeah, are you even a white guy? Like, come on, come on! It's like you're right. You're right. Rule. It is white boy summer. I should. It's oh, bro! Like during white boy summer, you're not gonna fucking celebrate Cinco de Mayo, you <laughs> fucking piece of shit. Are you kidding me? Fucking Chet Hanks didn't die for our sins for nothing, dude. Ah, <laughs> oh, God bless Chet Hanks. One hundred percent. Well, boys, um, I'll, I guess I'll let you get to your mark making. Won't, won't hold you any longer if it's so important yeah yeah, yeah. we gotta get to i i don't like uh like uh like i pretty much make like a mexican style dish every night so it's not like a, the only thing i can do is really make marg so maybe i'll watch like uh maybe i'll find a good good mexican movie to watch but anyway yeah <laughs> we should probably yeah you know, go do our respective celebration. Josh, uh, obviously, since we've chastised you, yes. you will uh, be awaiting confirmation that you will have done that. So don't have to, don't want to have to push the issue, but we will. Me and Matt will push. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, cool. So cool. see you guys later. <laughs>